This is Live from the Table, recording at the world-famous Comedy Cellar. Coming at you on Sirius XM 99, Raw Dog, and on the Laugh Button Podcast Network, this is Dan Natterman, with me, Periel Ashenbrand, our producer, who is also an on-air personality, things evolved in that direction, and... Uh, it's kind of too late to turn back now. We, are- <laughs> we also have with us Dove Davidoff, Comedy Seller Regular, also has been on the podcast many, many times. I, uh, I do want to mention that Noam Dorman is not here for reasons unknown. We hope it's nothing serious. It likely is not. Noam will drop this podcast at the, for, for any reason. He's <laughs> really not committed to it. Um, what a so, great intro. Well, um, those who are longtime listeners know that Noam's devotion to this podcast is... It's questionable. Questionable at best. One wonders why he does it every week. In any case, uh, welcome, Dove. Yes, sir. And Dove, Thank by the way, sir. let me introduce you to Nicole Lyons, who is our sound person, I guess. Hello, Nicole. Audiologist. She, Hello. Uh, I don't is that what they call it, an audiologist? That's what I call it. I like. That. I think an audiologist is when you go to the doctor and they go beep, and you raise your left hand, and then beep, and they raise your right hand. It's an audiology exam. I think that's what an audiology audi- income free. Audiology income freed. Um, in any case, uh, Nicole, is this the first time you've met Dove? Uh, maybe just once casually on the pod, but other than that, I don't think now, so. Now, sure. I, I can't see. Nicole it. doesn't say a lot. She prefers just to be behind the scenes. Of course, and she is actually behind them physically for the. <laughs> but if you have a question, Nicole, you can feel free to ask. Um, Dove, it's been it's been a been a minute, as yeah. they say, in the uh, as the kids say, as the, as the kids say, a minute. But you never know what they mean by that. Well, a minute depends on. The context, context, and in, in in what in how you're saying it, and the relationship there is right. If you if you see somebody every day and you haven't seen them in two yeah. days, you might say it's been could a be minute. a minute. Could be a minute. Uh, but it has been a minute since you've been on this podcast. podcast yeah. Can uh, 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 keep us up or get us up to speed oh, on the life to of speed up to speed? You know, listen, I, I don't know. I mean, I, I I can't just wander on about people that we know in common because Dan and I have known each other a long time, but. You know, in terms of what might be engaging to a viewer, I mean, I, you know, I've been on the road, but I, I've been, um, I've been seeing somebody much younger than I am. I'm 48 and she's 22, and I didn't go looking for somebody of that of that uh, um, vintage. Um, but, but in in experiencing the kind, of, well, in having the consideration around w- what people where judgment is generated around that gap. And how I would feel if it were somebody I knew that were much older seeing someone younger. Um, I don't know. I mean, we can, how, do you, how do you guys want to initiate the conversation? It's like, one, I would imagine people see it in the liability column as if you are the manipulative type, then you have that much more leverage, experience, and wisdom in, 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 in which to use to manipulate and or whatever it is that you're into. On the other hand, one could make an argument for it being... Um, reasonably healthy if you have your shit together and, um, you know, you've been in therapy and read some books and you're a reasonably decent person. Um, you know, it would it be better if a 22-year-old were dating a 25-year-old skateboarder with an opiate problem? I mean, what is it? What is the, what is necessarily better about dating in, in one's... So-called uh, age-appropriate. Age? Yes. 
Yeah, it doesn't phase me at all. I mean, of course, no, 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 it doesn't. And that's another thing. It's a demographic thing. So two of my five friends are 25 years older than their 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 partner. So you got Brian Callen and you have Sandy Marks. Both of them are in that range. So it's not uncommon in a certain demographic. And if you saw a man in a movie that had less than 20 years between him and his wife, and uh, you know, if it's Tom Cruise, you'd wonder what was going on, why the old broad was with him. <laughs> um, and so there's a cultural, I found it to be an interesting area to mine comedically because it seems as though there is a cultural hypocrisy and then a demographic kind of, you know, there's a certain type of, of uh, person that would um, uh, be more judgmental around that than another. And then there's the gender differences. And so it's, it's not just about me. It's a comedically rich area because... As women age, they, whether or not they want to date younger because of probably genetic, you know. Wait, so you're saying that if the woman were that much older? Well, look, I don't have any problem with it. I just think it's unlikely that she's going to get a guy that much younger. You know what I mean? It just, it doesn't usually work that way for whatever reason. I don't, it doesn't matter to me. Date away. Well, Marcus Monroe is in that situation where his wife is, uh, and he discussed it on our show, so it's not secret, but his wife is about 15 years older than yeah. he is. He actually has actually has a step-grandchild. Uh, I don't know. But, wow. but it's, That's it's, fascinating. It's not, I don't, is it a step-grandchild? Yeah, her grandchild, and they're married, so it's his step-grandchild. <laughs> um, oh, but I should also mention that she stopped drinking at 19 or 20. Um, and so maybe in the joke, you know, that, that makes us the same age emotionally or something, but... Um, there is, there is a, it's a very different dynamic when someone went hard. And then if you've had parallels in your life where you both lost your father young and they're these psychological, that being said, you know, there's a big age difference and it's, um, and is it something that like you're aware of? It isn't pop culture. I know what you mean. Like references. Do you feel alone when you're with the person? No, 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 no. uh, Because I think that when you connect with somebody, you connect with them and those things within the context of the relationship don't matter. I think you're right. And I think some of the judgment comes from men who habitually look for somebody really young. Like, I'm not standing in front of a bus station, you know. Like, you're this, not? This girl's got her mother. Hey, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Picking up girls on their way in with no return ticket. At you know, Port Authority? Yeah, short dress. You know, come on over here, baby. Um, no, you know, I mean, her, her mother got her MBA at Harvard. It's like, um, you know, she she's not a... She's not a didn't just fall off a, a bus. I, I don't, you know, well, in the, my specific situation. But I think opening up to the larger consideration perhaps is of some engaging, you know, it's an interesting area. Well, were I to date a girl that much younger, um, I would make sure to wear a tweed jacket <laughs> and smoke a pipe <laughs> just because why not push right. it as far right as it will he, go. Right, did he, did he envelope and, and, and I would say, now, honey, <laughs> <Do> you? <laughs> you know, we're not going to the club tonight. <laughs> no. I gave you those books to read. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> And if you didn't read them, you know, there'll be a price to pay. We're going to the Honeycuts tonight for a dinner. I gave you some reading material (laughs) so that you will be able to uh, converse. (laughs) Don't embarrass me. Oh, that's good stuff. Um, The only problem I can see with it is is if if it's a long-term thing, if you're planning marriage or whatever, then you'll be an old man yeah. shitting himself <laughs> and she'll still be re- wanting to go to discotheque. Well, yeah. not necessarily, though. Look, um, you know, nothing's guaranteed. Look, Nothing is guaranteed. Bob but if you're Saget's pl- wife was, you know, significantly younger yeah. than he was. Yes, and that's exactly the point. 
And he's, I guess yeah, so. you, I don't know. No, but you know, no, it's not because examples. he died quite young. Yeah. I mean. Well, it wasn't quite young. He died. 65 y- isn't quite young to die? It's young to die. It's not quite young to die. <laughs> it's young to die. He no. died too young. I know what you mean. Was it quite young? No. What's, I, I, okay. Quite young would be 50 and under. Okay, fine. I can tell you this. That was not, when I was in my 20s, I dated guys who were, several guys who were significantly yeah, older right, yeah. than I was. And I don't know. I mean, I think that there's a reason why that sort of trope or, you know, if you want to call yeah, it Trope that. is the perfect word. Trope. People misuse the word trope, but trope is exactly... What, how are we defining uh, trope? Well, trope is something like, like you see in, in the movies a lot, like themes that come up in pop culture. So it's I got a common that right. Theme, right? I got it's that a common right. theme in like pop culture. Yeah. So we see you go to the I movie. Right. So I fucked up uh, quite young. <laughs> I got trope right. <laughs> well, quite is more subjective. That's correct. <laughs> <laughs> trope, trope has an actual <laughs> definition. Um, but there's a reason. I mean, there's something really sexy and appealing about that that goes in both directions, yeah. I think, in sort of in opposite ways, right? Yeah. Um, I mean, you like younger girls too, don't well, you? Well, no, no. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, first of all, younger girls, they're, they're certainly attractive. Mm-hmm. Um, r- but as I get older, what's young is changing. Right. So now 35 is young. Well, 35 right. is young. But, yeah. well, it wasn't when I was 25. Right. <laughs> I was 25. It was, a, it was just a dried up old prune. Right. <laughs> or a milf. Um, but for me, the, the two issues are, one of the main issues is also, I just don't like people looking at me weird. Well, they do that anyway. Well, don't I don't want to, I don't want to, uh, I don't want to exacerbate the right. issue. Yeah. And so people looking at, at, at you and, 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 um, you know, and, and, and do you spend any time with her friends? And is that awkward if you do? No, I have uh, one friend with her friend is dating an older guy. No, no I, it's really not that awkward for me, but I don't lead a particularly fragile life in that context, right? If you're a politician, if you're the head of a company and there's some right. sort of corporate veneer within which you have to kind of, you know, fit in order to not ruffle feathers and there are real stakes associated with those social circumstances, I don't live in that world. That's a very good point. You know, nobody's looking at me twice when in the, in most of the rooms that I go into. I don't, you know, I mean, so there is also, no price look, for me to pay in that. Also, regard. you don't look. There are people your age that that do look quite older. Yeah, no, some of you know, if you keep yourself in reasonably good condition, you know, that that actually never occurred to me. I was more thinking about what is the actual argument. Like, there are many demographics wherein it's it's relatively common, but for people that experience a kind of a judgment like. I mean, even me, what if kind I had of a judgment, daughter. What kind of, ju- right. You know, if yes. I had a daughter, I'd be like, what the fuck are you like? Yeah. But yeah, think, yeah. That's, which is legit. I think it's legit. But then if you go further into that consideration, I think it's about there being too much liability associated with the leverage that an older man Yeah, I think have. the potential, the potential. If it's a shithead. But on, well, but but on the other true. hand, but on the other hand, when you look at people that murder, uh, you know, that get murdered by their husbands or their boyfriends, yeah. they're usually age appropriate. Oh, that's good. <laughs> often age appropriate. That's right. Um, that, so you know, I mean, a, an older man is um, is going to be less likely to murder your daughter. Yeah, you know, he has Jeez, a bad back. He's he can't. got a bad back. You can chase him around this fireplace and hit him with the thing <laughs> <laughs> with the and iron. Yeah. So 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 yes, there's a potential for, but there is a psychological manipulation. I think the big problem is, I I'll just reiterate, is yeah. that. As a practical matter, if she wants to have kids and you're too old, or if, or if you get, if she's f- 50 and still, you know, uh, viable, wants to do things, and you're, you know, 75 and and right, and right. in a wheelchair. I mean, Jesus Christ! 
Well, that could happen. I mean, it's more likely. Obviously, you're playing the other. There are 100-year-olds that are still bicycling every day, and there are 50-year-olds that drop dead. I, Understood. We're pl- talking about odds here. But for the love of God, I mean, you could walk out on the street and get hit by a I, car. I you just, can't, I just said just about a, half a second ago, we're playing the odds. So if I had a daughter, I would say, you want to marry this older gentleman? Fine, but think about the life you want. And if you want to have kids and if you've already maybe he already has kids, you know, and, and yeah. doesn't want more kids and all these. Sure. All of those things are considerations yeah, for sure. In true. fact, it was why one of my relationships didn't work out because yeah. he wanted to get married and have kids. And yeah. I didn't. With good reason. And right. I did anyway. No, I'm just kidding. But um, <laughs> yeah. no, but really, because he was right. significantly older right. than I was. But in this case, he's the one that wanted kids. So you were yeah. at different places in your life. Correct. Right. That's right. Periel's wearing, by the way, her sweatshirt says Periel in huge. She oh, that's cool. I just saw that. Huge black yeah. embroidered letters. Periel. Yeah, cool. She's like Laverne. Yeah. <laughs> Laverne. <laughs> Laverne DeFazio always girl. had an yeah. L on her yeah. shirts. And Periel has a lot of. Yeah, she uh, has uh, earrings. Cool that say Perio. Cool you. look. You look Thank good. You. How many articles of clothing do you have that say Perio? As many as I can, because yeah. when I was Perio. growing up, it was all I wanted. Because yeah. everything said Jennifer and Ashley. Yeah, sure. Yeah. And I just wanted something with my name on it. Yeah, why not? And then you end up writing a book. Nobody could take that away from you. That's true. Is it's that true. a is that a made up name or is it a uh, actual name? It. My mom made this up. It's transliterated to Periel from the Hebrew. In Hebrew, it's Periel, and yeah. it means fruit of God. But in English, well, you, you can't know, pronounce so the That's right. Very yeah. sweet. So sweet. <laughs> By yeah. the way, I got your email, Dan, of that list of things to translate into Hebrew. Right. I got it. Okay. <laughs> I, I, Periel and I were having a, I wouldn't say an argument. It was more like me berating her. Uh, <laughs> but um, I questioned her I questioned her, her 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 proficiency in Hebrew. Of course, of course. But I don't want to get into that now. <clears throat> Dan's a professional linguist. You know? Not a professional well, linguist. He consistently challenges. He's got a, he's got a well, tremendous I, ear for because, language. Not that I have a tremendous ear. I've spent 20 years studying French. I know exactly yes. what it takes yes. to achieve a certain level in a language. And French is easy compared yeah. to Hebrew. And I just, it's hard for me to believe that Periel has assimilated the monstrous amount of vocabulary. Right, to really facilitate to, to really, nuance. To really be Periel yeah. in another language. And because I, I know what it took for me to, uh, to, 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 gather to, to get to the level French. of French that I've gotten. And French is easy, right. relatively speaking. And I've consistently explained In other words, I've, I've read, uh, there's, I, I, every single day I probably watch two hours of French on wow. television. Wow, uh, every, I, I'm If I read a book, it's almost always going to be in French. Wow. If I see a movie on Netflix, it's always, always going to be in French. And this has been going on for decades. So if you're telling me that you're not doing this, right? and unless you're a genius, and Hebrew is so difficult, I just, I, I have to be skeptical. So it, does it worry you that possibly I'm much more intelligent than you give me credit for? And that sort of makes you feel a no, little no, bit no. insecure? No, that doesn't worry me because however, and even... No, it doesn't worry me okay. because even intelligent people to assimilate. I mean, Hebrew dub is is I, I, monstrously I difficult to be very jealous. Like, I mean, just like just words like so many words yeah. that are freebies in English. And aren't yeah. the mechanics of reading from right to left? Well, that's but that's not the difficulty. The difficulty no, that would is, be, that is actually difficult. But here's the, the thing. difficulty would be like if you wanted to say you know 
progressive in, in French, you'd say progressive, and you'd be done. Yes. International, international, you know, yeah, yeah, uh, div you, you uh, division, it. division. It's a romance line. It's, it's, and there's thousands of these words. Yes, understood. Problematic, problematique. Ah, we. Um, Bayati in Hebrew. What's that? that? Bayati is what? In Hebrew, problematic. Well, I'll have to take your word. <laughs> you know. Um, but the thing is, is that you realize. Construction, construction. Yes, uh, construction, of course. Yeah. You know. Destruction, yeah, well, destruction. Uh, Champagne. <laughs> yes, of course. And and it goes on and on and on. Whereas in Hebrew, every single one of these words would be some ridiculous word that totally would be un no, barely no relationship. So that's why I say. But I'm you're missing a huge part of this, yeah, which is if you grow up speaking a language. Yeah, but you grew up with. But you grew up with what? What exactly? Hebrew. No, your parents are American. <laughs> my mother is Israeli. But your father is American. My father is American. I, I've just known so many people. And yeah. first, I know people who both their parents come from particular right. countries, and they don't speak the language. They're raised in America. Yes. They don't speak the language. Happens all the time. I'm sorry to disappoint so, you. So you're telling me one parent is is, uh, is 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 native Hebrew speaker. Correct. It just does. It just doesn't con con correspond to my experience. Well, then it must be impossible so, if it doesn't. No, it's not impossible. I just have to. I just <laughs> have. I just have to say I'm skeptical. Okay. Uh, but I'm but gonna invite you over. I want to hear for a Shabbat dinner conversation, a long, involved conversation right. about a nuanced topic. Okay. Noam Chomsky. I, um, I don't want to hear. It is nice out today. No, no. How is your mother? <laughs> My mother is fine. What's Ask your name? Yeah. I'm I have been living in New York since three years. <laughs> Where's the bathroom? And I'm... you? I have been living in New York since three years also. Yeah. What am I going to get when I just decimate this fucking idiotic <laughs> notion of yours. I'm about you'll to call my husband you'll get a free, uh, and have like I a need, whole conversation in Hebrew. Well, with I, I, well, no I, will, I won't really know what the conversation is. I need to have an independent arbiter. Okay. <laughs> and then, and if you speak to my satisfaction, you will get yep. dinner, dinner for two at an Israeli restaurant <laughs> on the Upper West Side. <laughs> um, okay. I'm going to bring in Esty to, to, to referee. No, I can just have a conversation with her. Essie grew well, up in Poland, and then no, no, she but grew up from, from a young age. She, she was born in Poland. You're right. But you're she, right. I, I think you're right. her strong young enough that yes, I'll find somebody. Understood. Maybe that guy that owns the WA could be the WA. These Israelis are everywhere. They're, they're Here's the, the thing that I want to say: I do think that they're We're getting back to the young. Yeah, I, I'm not saying that this is you. Yeah, but I'm saying that you can objectively understand. I can. Why someone would say that there is some. And of course, this isn't true for everyone. No, but overall, but I get that it. like there, there's some power difference. Yeah, there's a that, that's exactly right. There's some yeah. power dynamic. Yeah. Um, or yeah, no, that all adds up. That that was sort of part of my consideration. I was really just interested in the real kind of a, what is the what is the actual argument the moral other than argument. the the moral argument other than the general logistics which are of course somebody could be 75 they're more likely to die than somebody who's 50 and that could leave them stranded or there could be a, you know uh, different objectives in terms of child rearing and whether or not somebody's too old too young now that being said i was dating before her a 38 year old uh, software executive and um, uh, she would I would imagine, since she was interested in having children, uh, she would want to have them much sooner, which would have been a challenge for me than somebody. You have more time with someone who's younger. Um, so, I mean, that could go both ways, but certainly it could, you know, any of those logistical, actual chronological elements could create an issue. I was wondering what the moral consideration. Uh, yeah, I think it's an interesting question. Nicole, if you have anything to say, you can jump in. You're Because you're a, you're a woman, a 20-something woman, or, you yeah. know, so. <laughs> right woman, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, yeah, I, yeah, baby, sure. 
Uh, if you have anything to say, uh, you're certainly welcome to do so. I don't, but thank you for asking. <laughs> okay. Um, I, yeah, as a moral consideration, I think you're on very shaky ground if you're taking an anti-position, yeah. morally speaking. Right. Uh, yes, there's the potential for manipulation, but of course you can manipulate, um, you know, a very good-looking, wealthy 30-year-old can be manipulative. And so the judgment then Who's is, judging? is on shaky ground. Well, Are people judging? Me, no, not in my personal experience, but for the joke, my consideration was what? Where's the funny in it, and where's the cultural hypocrisy? Like, if there is judgment, I've heard it from, you know, I just could imagine one of my mother's MS, MSW friends sort of hissing. Um, but, but, and it's not really a concern. But for the joke, I have to create an, a counter argument mm -hmm. and an argument so that I understand how to put the the kind of um, variables together to make something humorous, because the humor would be. She's dating well, the older person humor who might, be productive. The humor might be that the pe that, that the that the the people that look down and you have no leg to stand on. That could be, that and that and that's where the humor. humor. Well, or you could be the, take the easy way and be like, do jo you know, like do jokes about? So she's you know, yeah, she, uh, she wanted yeah. to go to a she wanted to go to Disneyland <laughs> or something right, like right, that. Right, right. Well, you know, there's many people yeah. that have dated young women have jokes about where they just right, right, they just right, say right, oh yeah, my you know that, my no. girlfriend you know um yeah. you know i had to go to her prom or something I mean, those yeah, kinds of jokes yes, of course well when i was 22 my boyfriend yeah. was i don't know probably 15 or so years yeah. older than i was and when he always told me he felt like he was um with a runaway yeah <laughs> Yeah. That's, half, that's half the fun. <laughs> well, yeah. because I also looked super young when I was. Now, now there is there is uh, yeah. there is the fetish aspect of it too. Right. Well, I think that's sort of. I think that you know the moral morality of it all is um, really wrapped up in stuff like that, right? Like, look at Lolita. I mean, that, that was a kid. Right, but right. that that was a yeah, that but, was a pre-adolescent child. Right, but again, that trope oh. is repeated. I mean, 16, 22, you know, 17, 18, like the yeah, the but, lines start to get blurred. But 11 years old is a touch different. <laughs> you know, once you hit 29 as a woman, you know, I, I mean, you start to form a personality, you know, and 29. No, I don't mean that. I meant at 29, you could date, in theory, psychologically, a 60-year-old person. Sure. I don't know if there's a major emotional... I, what I'm saying is I've met 29-year-olds that are absolutely as engaging and reasonably... Of course. ...thinking about the world than the dopey, you know, older people. Of course. But yeah, on average, I think, you know... But I think that's where the judgment comes right. from. Right, yeah, yeah. And so... Yeah, it's... Um, I mean, listen, in Yemen, they're marrying 12-year-olds to 40-year-old men, so... Well, you know, and then you have Mormon communities. I mean, you know, you can go to pretty extreme cultures and find a lot of examples. You know, maybe even Hollywood's one of them. But um, for sure. But, but yeah. like twenty-two and forty-eight suddenly doesn't seem that outrageous. Well, listen, it's a, it's a big hop, you know. And but and then there's the two individual people, and you know whether or not you know when she's been in therapy since she was uh, fifteen years old, and we lost our father at the same. Like there are these parallels that feel reasonable, and 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 because if you develop some facility with like therapy language it makes it easier to communicate in a way that i don't but you, miss the years you're not getting any way. sort of sexual charge out of the age difference of course not <laughs> <laughs> certainly not you know no, there was a young there's no getting around you know you're drawn to anything childbearing age you know there's a reason why um you know we have we have mores societal mores that aren't just contingent upon what we're attracted to what we're not but what is morally appropriate because everybody's attracted to young. You can look up porn data 
and see where, you know, it's they're not all heading in the direction of women not that, that are 58 not, and older. Not that you have. Not that I have. Of course not. No, no. <laughs> well, there's a reason Barely Legal is I a category. I did cat- have an old laptop that I've, uh, <laughs> I looked a reason, around on a bit. There's a reason Barely Legal is a category. It's a category. And it, there's a, Well, then there's, again, so is MILF, so is, you know. No, no, no. They have many categories, yeah. but the most popular ones are not are not many of the, the other groups. Right, but that's also because girls are sexualized in our society, oh, yes, right? Course, yes. I mean, Well, but they're sexualized for, for a reason. Uh, they're sexualized right, because people patri- find them sexy. No, because we live in a patriarchal society. That's why. That's part of it, but it's pretty universal, the, the relative sexualization. I mean, the reason in Muslim countries everybody wears you know, a burqa and the religious ones is because we know that we would sexualize them had they not been wearing a burqa. Right, but the them. men don't have... Well, I mean, the men don't have to dress like that. Oh, yeah. No, no, I'm not arguing that it's patriarchal. I'm just saying it's, it's, it's hard to get around a universal sexualization, I think. Is there any culture that doesn't? Yeah. There's pro- ones that are less... Yeah, I think there are ones that are probably less, but I think the the world is a fucking patriarchy. Yeah. I mean, there's rape culture that's. Stark- oh, I, I don't want to get that. Well, I mean, listen, you can't talk about fucking young girls without get without talking about the culture that sexualizes. Like, there's a reason them. the cultures are the way they are. Right. The culture is is the, ba- the culture is, is is laid over the substrate <laughs> the of substrate, human biology. No, it's a power dynamic. Well, but you got that's they're both inclusive of one another. Uh, relating just slightly off topic, but still relating to the generation gap, I wanted to ask Nicole briefly. Don't worry, Nicole, this is a (laughs) one-word answer. Do you know, have you heard of Hogan's Heroes? I have not. Oh, I had a joke that incorporated Hogan's no. Heroes, and I was worried I, I would lose the miss, younger people. I think you are going to miss that. I, I, I had band. to. I reconstructed the joke. Okay. And maybe it'll work the way yeah. I reconstructed What's Hogan's yeah. Heroes? I got to think you're going to lose them. Hogan's Heroes is a show from the 1960s, but it's still you available just lost on. Periel. It's still. Yeah, if I'm losing. Yeah, I mean, she, she's. But that's what I mean. I mean, I'm a little You know, bit she's younger. not sweet 16. <laughs> but, but that's my point. Is yeah, that so if, if I'm losing Periel. Yeah, if I'm losing Periel, I'm losing. That's a thick part of your demographic. Right. Yeah, I mean, cruise ships, it might kill. Of course. <laughs> Hogan's Heroes was a TV show from the 1960s that played in syndication. I didn't watch it in the 60s. I'm not quite that old, but it played in syndication. Right. I used to watch it in college. Lord knows I wasn't doing anything else. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, I watched. Yeah, so so uh, it's a show about a Nazi prison camp, and it's like, or a, a, technically, it was a Luftwaffe prison camp. I don't know if they were really Nazis or not, but yeah. Be that as it may, it was it, like. But buffoonish Germans in a uh, running a prison camp with American and British and, and French soldiers, and it was farcical. Okay. And it was kind of ridiculous because. But where are you going with the explanation? I'm just. I just. Asked I, I asked what it was. So I'll leave it. I'll leave it at that. I do want to say one more thing, if I may, relating to that, which is that I do also think that women are generally speaking more mature than men and especially that, ones that stopped drinking got into therapy really young to deal with their own shit probably i mean you're right. probably i mean because I mean, when i was 30 there was this super hot 23 year old guy who yeah. was a model in new york city yeah. who was just obsessed with me and i yeah. finally gave in and hung out with him and didn't make, didn't he was the sweetest guy ever yeah. he really was and he was gorgeous and yeah. i just couldn't tolerate couldn't having a fucking conversation yep. with him yep 
So there is that, too. Oh, yeah. Listen, if you can't get over that, like, if that's there, that's part of it. That's going to be a problem for both people. That's not a moral problem. That's a personality he didn't and seem or generational mind. problem. No, he did not mind. <laughs> didn't <laughs> mind at all. He was learning so much. Well, because he was because <laughs> so he was, he was, he was, exploring he was so learning. Things. He was learning, but you, you were... You know, so for him, it was all upside. Right, I guess so. You know, in, in that sense. I also didn't grow up with TV, so I don't have a lot. I don't have a lexicon of references that I need to place time and space. You know, my mother was like, Come, you know, there were, there were no, I didn't grow up with the pop culture kind of sense of phenomenon. Right. Um, but, oh, but, oh, the other thing that I thought maybe was funny, and maybe you mind it for a joke, was we were watching, we started watching Braveheart. This is a generational thing. Like, she wasn't really sure who Mel Gibson was. <laughs> and, um, but, but then I just, but apart from that, he's, I, I realized in Braveheart, that guy's like 45. You, you see, you remember. In Braveheart. In Braveheart. He's 45. And he's pulling, riding around on a horse with no shirt. He's pulling up to ask for the, to ask if he can take somebody out on a date. One, the life expectancy was like 38, 500 years ago. <laughs> this guy's 45 with no shirt. What was he supposed Just th- getting married for the first time. Was his age in the movie 45? You're saying Mel Gibson in real life was 45. Mel Gibson in real life. I but in the movie, whatever, he was probably. Pre- 19? I mean, <laughs> I mean the, guy, the guy's 45 year old actor, and he looks it, and he's running around on a horse, and I just thought it was ironic that 500 years ago, and he's, he's it was the girl was like ask he had to ask her parents for mm-hmm. the right to take her out on a date and it's like you know if you weren't married by the time you were 25 you know in in Scotland 500 years ago you were you know and that guy's 20 years past 45 then is like 75 now any braveheart observation i got to get more into scottish um uh, what's it uh, 14th um, century scottish uh, movie reference yeah the 90s for her was like the 60s for us right yeah, yeah, but it hasn't... Which it, is crazy to think about. Yeah, sure, sure it is. Look, yeah. things show up on my Facebook feed that says, first of all, how do you shut that down? <laughs> because like, my, my Facebook feed will say like, um, Dan, this is nine years ago, this happened. And they'll show a picture of something that I could swear happened last January. <laughs> you know, I mean, so I, I, you could probably turn that off, but it's very upsetting. I don't go on the book. But, it, you know, you, you know what I'm talking about. Yeah, I know. What you're you talking. know, hey, Dan, five years ago, and it shows a picture. And you're yeah. like, what? This was fucking five years ago? You've yeah. got to be kidding me. Because you project that into the future. And if that the five years yeah. or the ten years happen that quickly. Right. It's scary. Then, yeah, you don't need then, that feed in your life. I, I need to, I, you know, it's. No, it's then, the opposite of getting a, an endorphin bump from some social media post, you know, with a bunch of likes. That feed is the opposite. Make yeah, I got to like, sh- shut that off. You have that in real time when you have a kid. Yes, you do. You're like, what the fuck? Yeah, that's fuck? your Facebook feed right in front of you. Every second every, of every day. Yeah, yes. And for him, it's 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 it, the, the years are just going by like molasses. Correct. Oh, so that molasses, so slow, so sweet, so slow. So sweet. Yeah. Um, I, I did want to discuss, we discussed it last week, but it's worth yeah, sure. revisiting is Bob Saget, who died at 65, um... Uh, you know, uh, two weeks ago, I guess it was. Yeah, I mean, I think for people listening, I mean, Saget occupied this space where he was a guy who had a magnanimous kind of spirit, um, universally, you know, kind of experienced as such. And he was a guy that had a lot of life, was engaged by comedy, and really enjoyed it and the people around him and doing shows. There wasn't that... You know, sometimes with an older comedian who's got some dangerous, dark ennui going on, this death, for those of you who don't familiar with the French term ennui. I was going to say nice, it's, it's nice a, use of the uh, term of course, ennui. Of course, ennui, ennui, death of the spirit. But um, anyway, he was the last guy you would think, <clears throat> 65 years old notwithstanding, like Dan said, it's, it's, it's perhaps not quite young, 
but um, it's he had the kind of life in his eyes uh, that you do not expect to hear that he passed away in a, in a motel room in a hotel rather. Not he didn't. I believe it was the Ritz. Yeah, no, it wasn't a heroin <laughs> addict in a motel. Yeah, of course, no. Yeah, I read. He, I read he lost, uh, something I didn't know. I read he lost both his sisters. Yeah, I didn't. Which know. is. No, I Pretty horrifying. Horrible, you know? yeah. I also read that he started working for the Scleroderma Foundation before his sister was diagnosed. Wow. Which I, is I mean, incredible. Uh, well, that's, that's a utterly bizarre yeah. coincidence, if true. Yeah. Would you like me to verify that? <sighs> yes. Okay. Yes, I would. They don't they're <laughs> they're never sure if they want me to because I don't know if it bothers them more when no. I'm right or when <laughs> I'm wrong. <laughs> <laughs> Trust but verify. I, I, I'm not saying you're wrong. I'm no. saying, that makes, yeah. for, that it makes for a good show dynamic. I'm not saying you're wrong. I'm saying you're telling me that he started volunteering for scleroderma, but what prompted him? Unless there was another relative. It I could think... be that it's genetic and there was another relative no, that had scleroderma. No, no. Yeah. But that's a bizarre thing to volunteer for. It's very. Yeah. It, it, it I mean, bizarre. if I was going to volunteer for something, yeah. Com- you know. Well, one would imagine he had a family member. Yeah, I had think to be it's some likely there was some connection. You, Jeff Ross posted about this. He also died, I think, on his sister's birthday, Bob did. Uh-huh. There's a whole thing. Jeff wrote all about it. Bro, hang on. Well, okay, but Jeff, I don't, I don't, <laughs> that to me is not a <laughs> primary source. Okay, material, fair enough. Source material matters. Um, I mean, I you know, if you handed in a university paper and it said, footnote one, the roast master. <laughs> 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 then you, you wouldn't get you know, credit but for that. But they were like, they were best friends. Yeah. I understand that. But it does, you All have right. to admit, it sounds a little bizarre. Master. I do. That that he would, bu- Scleroderma, by the way, is what killed the great Lucian Hold. What is, who was, I, I know it's a um, type it's a, of cancer. Like, no, no, it's not a cancer. It's a s- skin disease, but it affects like the arteries too. And it's, mm. it's a bizarre thing. Um, I'm not exactly sure what it is, but. But isn't it the kind of well? I mean, do we know what happened to Saget? Do you know what the cause of death oh, actually was? What? Well, uh, no. I, I just googled it, and they're still for some reason they they still don't have the uh, the the final diagnosis. Because when it's that sudden, I mean, something like scleroderma. I mean, you would know. No, it's not. Know it wasn't time. scleroderma. You, you know, heart attack is the one that. Yeah, heart that, attack or stroke is the leading uh, candidate. Yeah. Quote. This quote from the Roastmaster, though. No, this is quote from Bob. Okay, I became familiar with scleroderma several years before my sister came down with it. It began 25 years ago w- mm. when I met Sharon Monsky, a woman who was to become one of the dearest friends of my life. She was the founder and then CEO of the Scleroderma Research Foundation, a great mother, a woman of three who'd been stricken with the disease herself as a young mom. Anyway, you can um, read the whole I, thing I will, if you're that's interested. That, okay, I will accept that source. Okay. I will accept that source. But you understand, Peril, I have to verify. You can. <laughs> as, as the, as the uh, I'm res- I have a grave responsibility. It's a uh-huh. grave. Do you understand that if people, that, that be, I cannot take the chance of misinformation and then God forbid something tragic happens? Listen, I have no problem because proving I, you wrong so over, I, and both you and Noam well, wrong over and over and over again. I don't again. think that's what happens generally. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and you're not proving me wrong because I never said, I never said 
Periel, that is incorrect. I said that sounds a little bit. That sounds real as dicey. It, it sounds dicey, as I think you would agree. And I have a responsibility. Yeah. Okay. To yeah. the people. <laughs> That's to the people. Yeah, to it, the do, people. it does sound a little questionable. So I, I had right. to verify that. So but I, I think... can't just say, you know. That is the Walter Cronkite of the comedy seller. We all rely on him for truth. And balanced information. You truth. understand. If your I son do. comes home and says, Mommy, uh, you know, I don't know. <laughs> Try to come up with an example. But, but um, yeah, of course. Mommy, I, I, I have, uh, you know, I need, uh, uh, I need this particular medication because I have this particular disease. You'd say, you know, I Googled it and I diagnosed myself with, you'd say, well, let's go to the doctor. Let's, let's, go, let's, the doctor. Right, let's, right, right. let's go, you know. Let's, Are you the doctor in this Scenario. Yeah, well, I no, but you. I'm saying you can't just take no, the young for woman. shit when you <laughs> when when there's then there's things at stake, and what's at stake here is my reputation <laughs> as a podcast journalist. That's right. Right. That's right. Okay. And speaking of which, Joe Rogan has gotten some blowback because of some of the things that he said in his show regarding COVID and vaccines, and now that people signed this long letter or whatever, like 150 science people or whatever, saying that Spotify should, I don't know what they want Spotify to right. pull them off the air, give them an ultimato, and tell them- An ultimato? That's right, an ultimato. Right, <laughs> on the ultimatum. And say you gotta stop this shit, but that brings up questions of free speech, even though free speech, as we know it, as a constitutional concept, is about the government. But as a as a wider concept about, um, you know, um, well, aren't they saying that he's spreading misinformation Isn't about that... uh, monoclonal antibodies and, and well, he may well be spreading kind of thing? He might well be spreading misinformation. But the you're qu- saying that's fine. I'm saying I don't know if I'm saying that's fine. I'm saying you know how much do you want people to monitor what everybody's saying? I don't know. You and just how took much... me to task about Bob Saget's sclerodermin, <laughs> but I'm not saying you shouldn't have said it. I'm saying it's my responsibility to clarify. Okay. Uh, caveat emptor, I think, is 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 the best way to handle these types of things. I think that remind the folks at home what well, that means. Buyer beware, but. In this case, listener beware. Yes, of course. And I think that we should educate people yeah. to be skeptical. Of course. To, to listen yeah. and to verify. You know, on that note, and perhaps even more interesting than this, I was reading the latest Gladwell book, I mean, as it relates to these things, and we are inclined to believe people when, in fact, and they were uh, analyzing the Bernie Madoff scandal and breaking down what happened. Yeah. We're inclined to believe people because evolutionarily, it's more metabolically responsible to group information if I believe you. If I don't believe you, I have to underwrite or deconstruct each individual instance of communication from sure. each individual, which would be an impossible way to run a society. And to live your life, right? right. If you didn't believe... I mean, there's there's been And that's ample... why we're so fooled. Right. But, 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 but look... Because we're it... emotionally... We are set up evolutionarily mm. to believe. Well, there's been ample evidence that if you... Um, people follow signs. Yes. Like if you... That's if... right. Regardless of whether mm-hmm. or not it makes any sense to follow them. Yep. Well, it depends. If the sign is, is on paper and written in crayon, I'm less likely... <laughs> less likely to follow it. Then if it's a big green sign on the highway that says this exit to great adventure. And uh, more likely if I'm if I'm in fact looking to go to great adventure to get off at that particular exit. 7A by the way. It is 7A. And has always been Nothing better. But curb your dog. Don't feed the squirrel. I was having this argument last night with a friend of mine who will go nameless because everybody knows him and he's talking about he's like no. Um, he's just ranting about how the, you know, um, 
the lockdowns were bullshit and these people should be, you know, brought up on charges. And it's like, you know, the lockdown might prove to have been maybe not the best move. I don't know. Right. But you have to go with the information that you have. and It's all context. And yeah. it might turn out to be wrong. Right, but it's whether or not you 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 you're, you're having been wrong is looked upon as a lie or something egregious yeah, agree, or, should be contingent upon the context in which the decision was made. If the decision is made in good faith, in good faith, and caveat emptor, if you will. Well, I don't not know if really. it has to do with caveat. Well, the believer beware. You know, I but mean, people like if yeah. the if the decision turns out to be wrong to have gone into lockdown, then people say that put Fauci in jail or you know he's yeah, responsible yeah, for yeah, right. for the suicides that took place because people were depressed. Right. No. If it was a good faith decision right. made faith. based on all the evidence that we had at that time, of course, uh, you know. But I mean, because from what I've read, there. The well, when an investment goes south, you don't put the CEO in jail unless there was fraud. If he were acting in good faith right. and got beat by the market for whatever reason, I think perhaps that's a more reasonable analogy. Well, I think people have a lot of trauma, right, about all of this stuff, and so yes. they're not really they're emotional. Yeah, but. Also, the thing that surprises me is that, like, don't people understand that these people are scientists? Yeah. Like, they're reacting as they get the information, and the information changes, I mean, constantly. Yeah, and it feels like the fall, the default position should be that if you're a scientist, you are acting in good faith. Whether or right. not you are wrong will be a determination made in the future because we don't know yet. Right, right. And if we choose to, if we choose to, to, to be inclined towards skepticism around science, then we're going to be questioning everything that would have been good for us. You know, it's like you, you have to be a skeptic to a degree, but you also have to lean into the unknown to a degree and hope that the person telling you, you know, I don't know, listen, be skeptical, but also don't be crazy. You know, yes, I mean, and, and know that there are people that know more than you. And that that's, that's, oftentimes you have to rely on them. If I take my car to the mechanic, I've got to trust that he knows how to fix that car. Yes, yeah. You know, and I'm not going to second guess him because I don't know anything about cars. Right. The problem is, is that people don't read anymore. They don't they don't think critically that people are like fully getting their information from Facebook. But I don't know that people were any better 20 years ago. Well, we no, just... but the algorithms are better now. <clears throat> You're right. Human nature hasn't been better for thousands of years. People are making the same mistakes, you know. I mean, if you track markets and, and market cycles and booms and busts, it's all human emotionality and psychology. Nothing's changed. The tulip bubble in the 1700s, nothing's changed. But, um, but the algorithms have changed. The ability to divide people at, at scale has, has been altered tremendously through, um, through technology. And that's very manipulative. Oh, right. Deeply. I mean, you're 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 taking advantage intentionally in order to attain a really sort of it's, mar it's market in order yeah. to change bottom line. The reason Facebook's one of the most valuable companies in the world is because they're able to garner the interest of billions of people. And the way they do that is by drawing your eyeballs and any service you don't pay for. You're the product. Correct. And so those algorithms, that, that that's what's so scary about AI and, you know, without going into the What's that film, that documentary about uh, social experiment? The, so, the social experiment? The social... Yeah. Oh, yeah, it sounds like the social network, but it's yeah, not. Yeah, but, but it's yeah. not. It's like... By the way, uh, Dove, you haven't gotten yeah. COVID yet, have you? Well, no, not that I know of. But my, my theory, my, my working thesis is that, um, is that uh, I've had it. And that I didn't test for because I wasn't traveling anywhere. I mean, if I got the sniffles, listen, if you have big time, if I got this, I've had, I've been, you know, sniffly, head coldy for 
several times, but I didn't run out. Um, you know, but I think if you had COVID, I mean, it, yeah, it's, no, it's quite possible you I didn't did. run out and get quite tested. possibly you did. Um, I got tested when I went to Aruba, and I got tested when I went to my brother's house for a Thanksgiving thing. So I got tested. We were in. I had to protect being around groups of people. But other than that, I was, you know. I mean, it's possible you've been one of the few people that have been able to, you know, uh, kind of move between the raindrops. Well, you know. possibly. Or I had it, and now I'm particularly resilient. I've vaxxed, and I've had it, um, but didn't know it kind of demographic, you know. Is this thing over Is soon? what thing over? Well, we don't, you're asking us? Yeah. Yes. Spain uh, says yes. Yeah. <laughs> says no. Spain says it's over. Um, the in UK that, in I, next I, iteration you know, will no, be no, looked no, at like a flu. At some point, you got to go listen. Noam sent around an email today. Did you get Noam's email? Were you in, uh, you uh, I, email? I, I didn't see it. No, he no, saw about some Twitter thread by some guy. I don't know who this guy is, <laughs> but basically he's saying it's over. That Omicron is signed is, the roast master. Right? The Omicron <laughs> <laughs> was the roast master. Omicron is uh, is you know is is is. The symptoms are relatively light. The the, yes. the vaccines are very good. Does anybody know anybody who's been vaxxed, gotten Omicron, and ended up in the hospital? I, I haven't heard about I'm one not sure person. Any, I've I, heard about a lot of Andre people. Andre Leontali died today. Who? who did? Andre Leontali. Of COVID? Yeah, of complications from COVID. Who was Andre Leontali? He was, I don't remember, I was the creative director Were of there Vogue. underlying health issues? Uh, or so, I mean, he was a major force in the fashion industry. Huge. But what, what was his age and health He condition? was 73. Okay, that's the answer. When you're 73, you can die from the flu. I mean, it, it's, I mean, from what I understand, you know, very few people per, as a percentage. of the Well, I think very Omicron. few people that got Omicron, whether vaxxed or not, wound up in the hospital. But of those that wound up in the hospital, most were unvaxxed. I guess. Right. Perhaps, but true. almost that's no one has done. You don't know who that is? No. Uh, well, no, I'm not in the f- I'm not in the fashion. Well, he's heavy and in his 70s. I mean, it doesn't take a whole lot if you've got some. Was he was he vaxxed or, or unvaxxed? I'm. Assume, or, I mean, or it maybe doesn't say. It, I, I haven't gotten that far yeah. yet. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I'm not in the fashion industry. I don't <laughs> think it's like I'm not in like the painting industry either. But I know who Picasso was. <laughs> yeah, I don't. Well, but I don't uh, think I. I, I, don't, I don't know that. Nicole, you ever hear this yeah. dude? What's his name again? Andre Leon Talley. Nicole, any any? Have you ever heard of Andre Leon Talley? Not until today. All right. Yeah. And Dove hadn't heard of him. Well, I don't know anything. And I haven't heard of him. So well, then he you're, must not be important. <laughs> no. Well, your analogy to Picasso, I think, is... <laughs> okay, that might be a reach. A bit. tortured analogy. Do you tortured. know who Anna Wintour is? Yeah, that, I've I heard do, of her. I do as well. Okay, yeah, so yeah. he famous, is famous as... Yeah. But if I hadn't heard of Anna Wintour, I don't think it would be scandalous. <laughs> it, it, a little bit would be. And again, I, I wouldn't... Yeah, but Picasso is, you know... Okay, Picasso was a reach, but... A reach. Yeah. Now, I, I get it. You were trying to make a point, and oftentimes we... Hyper- hyperbole, hyperbole is generally. I just my spider sense tells me that Andre Leon Talley, huge, hugely famous, hugely influential in that business, yeah. in the fashion industry. But but yeah. those that aren't in the business, I just you know like there's people that are on the cover of the New York Times today. I don't know. People still read that. <laughs> <laughs> um, yes, I mean he's big in his business in his field, but every I, single news outlet's covering it. An I'm important just, man to be sure, but I just, <laughs> don't, <laughs> I just don't think that he. Important man to be. If sure. I haven't heard of him, Dove and Nicole is a yeah. you know a young person that's got her finger on the pulse. You of got things. your demographics covered. Now, if you had said Carl Lagerfeld, okay, then yeah, okay, sure. 
Yeah. You know, or Ralph Lifshitz Lauren. <laughs> yeah, Lifshitz. CNN. Yeah, NPR, I get it. I get it. It's all your sure. I understand. People.com. I, yeah, I'm just saying. Point taken. Okay. <laughs> but the fact that neither me nor Dove nor Nicole have heard of him. It means nothing other than the fact that you guys haven't heard of him. Mm, well, it means that one has to wonder just how much <laughs> of a household name he was outside of the fashion world. Yes, of course. And And we can... When we go downstairs after, we can certainly ask people, but... Um, yeah, I don't think there would be a great use of time. But <laughs> that's you know, relatively few. We can ask David Tell. Have you ever heard of Andre Leon Telly? Huh? <laughs> <laughs> and, and of course. Huh? So, so anyway. Um, Dove, you are um, back on the road. I'm going to hit the road. I go to, I go to uh, the city by the sea. And what's it called, Sam? By the Bay. By the Bay, baby. By the, by the Bay. bay. Who, uh, by the Bay. Cobb's so Comedy Club. Yeah, Cobb's, yeah. Next month, Feb 18. Now, 19. do you enjoy the road? Look, you know, you know, I don't know. I'm parts of it, right? I mean, you don't want to be on the road every week. I mean, the air. I don't want to be on the road any week. Any week. You don't? <laughs> no. No. <laughs> really? Yes, really. Yes, <laughs> really. Um... Yeah, no, the road can be challenging. I want to be downstairs with a fucking plate of roast chicken. Roast bird. And a cabernet. So sweet. Okay. So, so well, sweet. then you're extraordinarily lucky that that's what you get to do most days. Yes, that's the way to look at of it. Of course but, that's but, the way but, to look at but it. But the point is, the no, I, I, a lot of found people, another way to look at it. <laughs> a lot of people do love the road. Some people hate the road, and some people I like Dove find they're sort of indifferent, I guess. Oh, you know, I mean, it's context, right? If you haven't been out for a while and you're going to go do a gig that you think is going to be reasonably good and reasonably well run and it's in a decent place where you like to walk around... There are enough elements that make it work. I mean, that for the you know. Do I want to run to you know uh, Duluth and 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 tear into a <laughs> you know a, a, a bingo not... hall? No. no. With all I due don't. respect to our many, first of all, our, our Duluth <laughs> listeners are basically carrying this whole show. <laughs> I know. No, I without Duluth, that. we don't have a show. No, you're right. I take that back. I'll issue an apology. That is so funny. Next week. First of all, seriously, do you have any idea how magical and fucking lucky you are that yeah. you just said that? Like. Can you garner that appreciation for your he life? He can't internalize he can't, it. He can he conceptually can't. understand what you're saying, but he can't internalize it. It's what makes him so funny, but it's his cross to bear. Right. Look at his expression. He's. I see you like considering. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah. And taking taking that's it into cross, consideration. That's his cross to bear. But that. But you know, the protagonist in his book would have the same challenge with it. I mean. Thank you, the the of, of, thank you for bringing up the book because thank you for bringing up the book because dear listeners you are not pulling your weight on the book. <laughs> <laughs> Iris Spiro before covid available on Amazon at at a minimum <laughs> read true. the fucking free chapters you get on Kindle um Iris Spiro wait, before stop. covid wait don't right. don't don't go away from this because it's an important point. Well, it is an important point. That's why you should go to Amazon.com <laughs> and just no. read. No, you're read. not, not going to get in. I've tried. I understand. I've tried no, over no, no, the course no, no, of you, 20 years, Perry. You, There's no you way. You are it. quite correct that you, you're saying I should be more be grateful for the skills that I have. Grateful? You should be, I mean, elated on a daily basis. That's not human nature. Nobody's elated on a daily right. basis unless they're using heroin. <laughs> I mean, it's just not. It's just you not. Get true. to do your. Listen to me. And even heroin will turn against you. They're very dope. You get it'll turn on you. It'll turn on you. Uh, Quick. <laughs> you get to do your favorite thing at your favorite place almost daily for most of the days of your life. Do you know how fucking rare that is for people to be able to say? But Dan's world 
view, it, it, it seems anchored in an aspect of his consciousness that is um, that is not communicating. Look, I, I was sort of joking about the roast chicken. It really levity. isn't, you know, I mean, I enjoy the roast chicken, but it would... No, no, there's some truth. Making light. I do enjoy the roast chicken, but that. You'd be complaining if they took it off the menu. Let's start. Well, they they did, and I was. (laughs) (laughs) They they put it back on. I don't know if it was due to my complaining or there was a a general outcry that was heard. Um, Were you, Perio? There was a time where they were doing construction in the kitchen, mm-hmm. and um, and Dan was so enraged after after uh, I don't know about five months. The construction was taking too long, and they were doing a podcast with somebody who had, I think maybe it was Kaplan, somebody who had won a Nobel Prize, or uh-huh. you know, as a group, and and they're getting into the the the, the aspect that this you know esteemed guest knew a great deal about, and 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 Dan just got on. Dan just turned to the microphone and he goes, "I cannot." Take another panini, <laughs> <laughs> and because the sh- and the show just became about Dan's rage associated with the fact that the kitchen is only producing paninis. Well, those uh, were the day- you remember those dark days, very dark. You yeah. were hundred percent. Right. Noam I- was 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 redoing the kitchen, uh-huh. and it took I don't know. How I felt long. the Nobel Prize winner also had a point of view, but yes, you were right about. <laughs> I don't know if it was Nobel Prize, but I had the point taken. No, yeah, but but Noam took forever to redo this kitchen. And the only thing available was were paninis. paninis. Yeah. Yeah. I should have added that. It's been a, a, a year since I told that. So story. I don't. I mean, that's probably five, six years ago that that happened. So Noam rebuilt right. this kitchen because it's his, like a Facebook feed. It feels like yeah, yesterday. Yes. <laughs> his plan was to really, really step <laughs> up the menu here. The make this dining right. take it to another level. Uh-huh. And and it doesn't seem as though that's happened necessarily. I mean, to an extent, we've added the the steak is good and the roast chicken. <laughs> But I was expecting more. Really? I was expecting a real out-of-this-world dining experience. Yeah. You know, the thing for me is I miss out on most of it because I don't eat meat, so there's really nothing for me to eat on the menu. The Middle Eastern plate's pretty good. Yeah, but I all can't eat all stuff. that fried stuff. No, no, and... no, the Middle Eastern plate has no fried stuff. I'm trying, you know, speaking of, like, jokes and, you know, deconstructing jokes, I have been toying with the idea of a joke about my... About meat eating, you know, a lot of people talk about vegetarianism. It's a very common theme yes, in stand-up, yes, yes. but they usually take the, the, the they usually take the position like you know they make fun of vegetarians. Okay. Whereas I want to do jokes about my own struggle. Um, whereas I know morally the vegetarians are correct. It's hard to argue otherwise. That's a, that's the take to make because and, and Rock yet, was doing twenty years ago talking about if you got get your hands on a steak, eat that like like. Like it's been done the other way, been done the other way, but to do them because we all feel that—that's the contemporary experience that nobody's explored. That I, I, I haven't heard. Jokes. I don't know that everybody has that experience feeling, but, but I, I think, think a lot of people, people can do. relate people to it do. because we all love a burg. And then, but you go, it's you know, it's a, it's there's a more it, the there is a heightened sense that these are sentient beings that are being consumed, and especially in the face of these these approximated products like protein pack, you know. Anyway, it's a it's a rich area because we can all relate to it, and people have not done it well. But yet. like the, the only cereal. real moral case I can make for eating meat is that it makes me it makes my life far more pleasurable, and that's nice. that's of some value. If every you know, I mean, it's it's not nothing. Well, so, I mean, pedophiles could argue that they could, thing. and and I would listen <laughs> to their argument. I would I would dismiss it because I think that the it's outweighed by the. Right. Well, the cows would argue. They would, and they have a hell of an argument. <laughs> they would have a hell of an argument. That's really um, good, though. Maybe you know, Peter I mean, Singer is the guy. To we had him on that. the show. We did. Yeah, 
I love Peter Singer. He's yes, a, we had. I was so excited. I read his book. Yeah. Oh, well, Peter Singer, they, refresh my memory. They didn't know who he was. I was like, this guy is one of yeah. the most important yeah, ethicist yeah. philosophers oh, okay. alive. And of yeah. course, I, yes, you were there. Okay, 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 okay. He's a professor at Princeton. He's written. And he's a vegetarian. Yes. Or a vegan. A, no, I don't know if he's a vegan, but he's written extensively on animal rights. But he does, he de- from a real philosopher's POV, yeah. he really goes deeply into a nuanced argument around the moral case against consuming animals. Correct. Based on it being, if the notion is that it's a sentient being and you go, well, you know, but it's an animal, and so it's a lower sentient being mm-hmm. than me, he, 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 he equivocates or he correlates a, a, the intelligence of a, of a pig mm-hmm. and that of a, of a three-year-old. Three and, and based on the data, yeah. it is not a significant differential. And so if you're going to make the argument for the ability to eat somebody based on a lesser intelligence, then, eat a then one has to get pretty dark in their considerations if you're going to make a more argument for consuming the animal. That's a right. funny joke to talk about eating a three-year-old. Yeah, relative to a uh-huh. pig because of the similar intelligence uh-huh. levels. Yeah, That's good. Like, yeah. After this, you're going to help me work out my joke about a tampon. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> the moral equivalency of eating a three. The, um, yeah, no, Singer's a badass. He was amazing. I was so excited. Yeah. Do you remember? Dan doesn't. I mean, to quote the great Celine Dion, it's all, <laughs> it's, it's all coming back to me now. <laughs> we had him on over Zoom. Yeah, I, you know, we, we've had, well, especially over the pandemic, we had a lot of uh, these kinds of people on. Dan's We're having on Dan David. Has a, Dan Chum- has a very interesting life, and but he can't. He does. I do. do. My life's not yeah. that interesting. I get up. I go to the gym. No, I no. steam. Steam. <laughs> Such a steam. I sit in the steam room for longer than any. Probably I have the club. I'm sure I have the club. Right. Future generations will look at his steam as as a, you know perhaps not beaten for the next hundred. I mean, years. the people that work there must be thinking, oh, this, guy, this guy can steam. This guy they know. I mean, you they know? see you every day though. Practically. Well, not every day, but when they when they see me and they go in that steam room and I don't right. come out. <laughs> <laughs> and you know, and they're like, well, he wasn't. He didn't come out when at the end of my shift. Did he come out at the end of your? Shit? How long? They're are getting you... together after the fucking work. <laughs> I not see him after my I shit. I work from three to see. Maybe he's dead. Maybe he's dead. <laughs> he's still in this. You not suppose he's still in there? Because they're all Spanish. To anyway, I picked okay. up on that. Um, that's a funny. He go in at two o'clock. Two o'clock. I shift. He ends at seven thirty. I have half hour. Steam. <laughs> Nobody. Steam. Five. <laughs> I Googled him. <laughs> I Googled him. He thought a David Letterman show back in 2000. What accent is this? <laughs> no, I don't know. Look, what, what, what? There's, there's a reason that I don't do voices and characters on stage. Oh, I stick to the jokes good, as written. But you do some good impressions. I do. Well, I do. Yeah. Okay, you do an amazing Jackie no, Mason. Not SNL impression. Not amazing, good impression. but uh, it's okay. I, I, I you know, I, I look. I do the basics. Haven't we had like Rodney Dangerfield? I'll tell you. Decent you know. Woody Allen. Yeah, good Dangerfield. Yeah. Do it, please. He could do a Tracy well, Morgan. Do He's good. Tracy Morgan. I do a little bit of Tracy. I do. I heard the Pope. The Pope quit. Times <laughs> is dark. You know, Times is dark with the Pope. Nah, that's not good. It's not uh, bad. <laughs> you know, Times is dark with the. Nah, I'm not getting it. Because he, he said he came up to me once. This was like years ago. Um, I mean, um, probably four years ago. And he just comes up to me out of nowhere. I'm standing there. And he goes, he comes up to me. Tom's dog. <laughs> <laughs> the Pope quit. This was after the Pope resigned or whatever. And he goes, the Pope quit. You know Tom's dog when the Pope quit. I missed Thursday night lineup. 
And that's what he said to me, and I, I didn't know what he was talking about. You know, like Simon is, he's talking about like shows. Yeah, no, I know. He's, he's, it's a lot of non sequiturs with, with him. He's an odd bird. And Jackie Mason? I love, I, sometimes I can get into his rhythm, but I'm not very good. This, this, so, you know, <laughs> tell you something, this, this, this person, yeah, yeah, this, uh, this person. <laughs> Gentiles, you know, they 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 drink, but it's used. They eat, they eat, they eat. That's a good mason. It's okay. He had a joke. He said, "From the back, he said, if a, if a black man get to school with a lower score, a white able to the uh, Jew should lower the basketball with a lower net. Yeah, yeah. I didn't anyway, may he rest. May he rest. And his his daughter, of course, Sheba was on our show. You know Sheba. Well, I don't know her, know her, but certainly I know of her. There, and there, her there are a lot of second-generation comedians out there. Yeah, it's, yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe Emerson, yeah. your son, will one day. Let's hope not. Take the take, <laughs> take, take the, the mantle. Take the mantle. Yeah, no. Let's ho- let's hope let's hope he receives enough love, acceptance, and in what psychological circles they refer to as a holding period, enough sanity, grounded, warm sanity that the buffer with which many humorists do not uh, experience the world with, he will have. Well, we certainly hope that for Emerson. Um, you will be at Cobb's. Cobb's, baby. Cobb's yes. by the Bay. By the Bay. On it's, good, it's a good spot. It's a good club in San Fran. On Feb, Feb, February uh, 18, 19. And uh, that's one show on Fe- and the 18th and one show on 19th? One, one and pretty... two. One and two. Sh- three shows oh, in all. Okay, one and two. Friday one, Saturday That's two. what I prefer. Like, yeah, me too. I, I don't want... I don't... Well, I'll tell you what I prefer: stay home and get a check. <laughs> but if I have to do something, I'd rather yeah. just one and. I'd rather do one. I'd rather do one. Forget I don't like end. just because there's something about end. that second show. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I used to be three on Saturday night and some. And the audience doesn't realize they're not getting the same show. No, they're getting the tired version of by, the show. By show three, by throw they're street. not even close. They're not getting the same show. Wait, they're you're doing one on Friday and one on Saturday. If there is two. Two on Saturday. Yeah, two One is, Friday, two, two Saturday. Two. But there used to be, I mean, I remember working Miami Improv. It was uh, three shows every Saturday, and then, I don't know, there were several clubs. And I just remember hearing that and going, I I'm, I have to go do the gig, but I really don't want to. So the best show to go see is the first one? I think it's always, you're the freshest. Yeah. I mean, the second one's probably okay. Yeah, it, the second one sounds but, like Yeah, it, for an audience, the, the third one's, one's okay. tough. I just, I'm just from they usually comedian don't... perspective. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, was, I hated it. And then from the audience perspective, they're getting less of a show. Show on the third. Well, they're getting a tired show. Yeah. They're getting a tired show. Well, well, no. In this case, there's no three or third show Saturday night. There's just two, and that's okay. They'll both get good shows, and one show Friday. Not many clubs do three anymore. Yeah, right. That's used, what I'm saying. You're doing one thing. on Friday and two on Saturday. Right. Right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. They used yeah. to be more of three show clubs, I think. Yeah, they, yeah. that is that they'd is, work yeah, you like that, a pony. But I, yeah, yeah, work you like a donkey in a field. <laughs> Boy, three shows. Oh my, a donkey. <laughs> And you can't phone this shit in. Oh. You can't no, phone stand no, up. No, you can't phone. Stand-up. You have to be so yeah. present. Yeah. Yes. You know. I know. You can't just be up there and like off somewhere, and then the words are coming. No. In you no, have no. to be very yeah. present. Yeah. That's why I forced myself to host all of these shows because yeah. I was so terrified to be on stage good for so long. Build. Yeah. That I was just like memorizing things, yep. and it's like you can't. You it's got a good yeah. muscle, and then you can relax into the joke, which makes it funnier. Yeah. It's made me much more comfortable on stage oh, yeah, yeah. and much quicker and much less a, like on the verge of a nervous breakdown. Yeah, no, totally. 
This and the more comfortable you get, that's another evolutionary thing. It's why when somebody's tense, even if yeah. the material's wonderful, the audience can't appreciate, can't experience it as as that funny because they're tight because the performers totally, tight, and it's so psychological. Totally, yeah. Even if the material's spot on, you know, it's weird. A hundred percent. If it's really one of the things that I've really learned in this past year of being on stage is like. I have to be having fun. We subconsciously experience that about one another. Nobody knows why they're getting tight and it's not funny because the math is that the joke is funny. Yeah. But it's that delivery. And we it, it, it was so important for our evolution to intuit another person's tenseness because we were sensing whether or not they were telling the truth, whether or not there was danger. Whether, and now you can't laugh. It's odd how that's connected. That's so interesting. Yeah. yeah. It's real deep in us. It's it is. Yeah, it is real, for sure. Yeah. Speaking of deep, I have this itch. <laughs> you know, you you figure you wipe and wipe, and there's nothing left on the. Nothing. And, and, you, and why is it you still be itchy? So clean. Why can't I wipe oh, it? Anyway, you should uh, see somebody about that. Yes, you you might need some cortisone cream. Perhaps. <laughs> you might have a hemorrhoid, a small one that you can't see. Light roid. Well, no, it doesn't happen all the time. It's just once in a while. Oh, right? well. oh you got a roid. No, but once in a while, there's there's itching even after cool. what seems like a thorough a thorough. I'm sorry, Nicole. <laughs> Why are you sorry, Nicole? This is, he <laughs> fucking berated me about talking about my period once, oh, and you're no, sitting here. Oh, that's, Lord, disgusting. Oh, <laughs> that's disgusting. That's disgusting. No, because you render him unable to object. Because I'm a man, and men are dirty and disgusting. Whereas women are are are, are yeah, little cherub. They're so women are, so sweet, are, so pure, just, uh, so clean. Yeah, they It's just uh, uh, they don't do that sort of thing. They don't do those sorts of things. Oh, boy. So any, <laughs> anyway, thank you so much, everybody, for listening to us. We wish Noam a speedy recovery from, or if assuming he's not well, but I don't think that's the case. No, he I probably don't, just, I don't He think probably just, uh, just didn't feel like coming. Um, speedy recovery from having to wire money overnight to the Cayman Islands. <laughs> <laughs> Dan Natterman, Iris Weaver Before COVID, available on Amazon. Uh, Periel Ashenbrand, On My Knees. And the only bush I trust is my own, available on Amazon. Dub Davidoff, coming to a town near you. You, baby, road dog. Road dog in it. Thank you so much. We'll see you next time on Live from the Tomb.